Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. New York City's, we got to see complete and total domination. After being up 49 points, where do we go from here? Let's talk about that. Sam, where were you when the Nets were up by 49 on, on the Bucks in game two? I was uh, I was in my living room, and I actually got to the point where, uh, especially, I mean, I guess he, Nash left uh, left in the, the starters for a little bit and then took him out. But I, I honestly ended up just getting nervous about watching anybody get hurt, so I, I actually changed it for a little bit. I was like, up. <laughs> We're up by so much that it, that I actually don't see what I would gain from uh, from 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 watching this, especially uh, especially because I'm just terrified of, of injury at this point. Ah, the net fan base anxiety. Yeah, not- yeah, yeah. I, I know it well. I know it well. Um, I, I'm scared too. You guys have got because this is just too good. I, I um. It looks like uh, me and Pooch are going to be doing a, and we might even extend the clubhouse, but, you know, uh, I don't even know what they call it on Twitter, but the, that's a shame. What do they call that new, the new feature that basically yeah, copies clubhouse on Twitter? What that features. I'm all, I think I'm also now, I, I've aged out of it also. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know what it is. It's well, whatever that feature that seems like Clubhouse, uh, I, like kind of impromptu. Like yesterday, my house flooded. Didn't get to record with Sam, and then like on a on a whim, me and um, Pooch, uh, uh, I started that um, chat with Shlomo Sprung, who's yep. also pretty dope, uh, that dude. And I was shocked; hundreds of people were in it. Um, um, completely impromptu, but it was a it, it was a blast to talk um, basketball. But I could even in that chat, I can feel the net fan anxiety because because it's just too remarkable what we're watching. It we're like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Even in the third quarter, I I was in the arena. Um. We all started just kind of looking at each other like we were clapping. We we weren't as loud because nobody expected to basically take apart the Bucks the way we have the first two games. And I don't really know what to do with my shock, Sam. I, I, help a brother out. No, I mean that's I mean that's where I was at. Also, I mean I I legitimately like 
it was funny because I was watching with a friend of mine who was rooting for the Bucks, of course, and he's a Knicks fan, which made it even better to watch him be upset mm. about the Knicks and also <laughs> how he's moved on to the Bucks. But, uh, but like he was when we were up by like twenty something, he was like, he was like, why are you still like so engaged, like? Uh, you, guys are, you guys are you you guys are crushing, and I was like, because like this is the NBA, like any league can go, and then like yeah. it gets into the 30s, and I'm still kind of pretty hyped, and then and then he just looks at me and he's like, you know, you guys are up like 40 whatever it was, and I was just like, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so like, crazy that we're so different from them, um, it, like the the way our fan base works, it's 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 crazy because. Nets fans have this perspective of, of themselves and how it's been going the last 20 years as it being awful, painful, all the things that I've been through. Nets fans, when you ask them, well, what have you, like, how have you survived the last 20 years? It's like, no, our storied franchise, we are loyal to uh, the orange and blue. I'll never change. It's been tough, but that's what makes a fan base. And like, they don't even, they, they don't even, they'll try to sell you on the mellow years. Like that was good. <laughs> and when <laughs> we slapped them in those years and before that, the, the, the old Nets of New Jersey, like I, I love hearing Richard Jefferson um, talk trash about how they used to just destroy the Knicks. But in the Knicks fan mind, like that time didn't even exist. <laughs> very weird and the thing so the yeah so that's that's crazy like i mean like the knicks fans to me are like almost as if they've been like drugs in 72 and like (laughs) it's all been it's all been like a a a blur but from a from a nets perspective you know like i come from the like i'm a child of the 2002 loss Mm. against the celtics with the biggest like fourth quarter comeback at the time ever yeah i mean that's still like you know like i mean so 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 I mean I'm I'm at the point where no lead is ever safe and that was a 26 point comeback when the whole three ball era wasn't a thing so like that was an even right. more impressive comeback than someone coming back from 26 now so you know it's it's uh like no none of these leads are ever safe but I also think it does say something about the Nets that they blew them out the way they did because I think a lot of times and me and you would talk about this during the regular season mm-hmm. they had a lot of games where they would have a massive first or a massive second quarter or a massive third quarter and then totally take their foot off the gas and it would and then you'd be like oh shit like is, is Nash gonna have to put back in the starters like is this person gonna have to come back in is that person gonna have to come back come back and that was almost an identity of the team even pre-Nash. That was like an Atkinson thing. It was like there was no lead was ever safe. And ye- and yesterday they just were like, no, 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 this is not like we're going to st- uh, stick our uh, foot on the pedal and then speed and we'll then our- speed or and then yeah. get into a high speed chase. Yeah, the because of George Floyd, we can't say that we can't say that term anymore. Uh, we're going to put our foots on on, on your throat. <laughs> Uh, he's ruined that for sports takes uh, forever, and and uh, but um, uh, they they finished them, and and didn't even play in the fourth quarter barely. It 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 was it was a sobering uh, experience because we all know this team can be good, right? We know this. This is 
like let's let's put let's put the Bucks in perspective. Giannis was close, wasn't close, but Giannis was getting MVP votes this year. He's yep. a two-time MVP. The Bucks are one of the most successful regular season teams that there is. They, the team that beat them last year with their superstar healthy, uh, they swept them. They're just coming off of that sweep. And the confidence and everything else, the sobering thing of that whole experience, I, I, I went to Barclays on a whim. Like, I just was like, ah, I'm around the corner. I'm going. <laughs> and yeah. I, I, and I walked up there and I, I cannot begin to say how much it was, how re- revelatory. And it might all change when we go play the Sixers, but we are really, we're historic good, Sam. Am, am I wrong? It's, tell me why, with your Nets fan anxiety, <laughs> um, why I'm wrong. Why we aren't is historic good. So it's it's funny. At this point, like, I, I literally have no idea how to judge them because, like, honestly, like, I thought, and I'm being, to- I'm being super honest, as you know, I get high when I think they're good, and I get low when I think they're not playing well. That mm-hmm. Celtics series made me a little worried that I was like, I was like, shit, if they, if the Celtics were completely healthy, what would have this series been like? But the Nets, just to me, are, are and we kind of already thought this, they but might, it's, it's been confirmed. They might have swept them if, if, um, if they were completely healthy. Yeah, I, I don't think they. I don't think the Nets took that series seriously. Right. That's and that's that was kind of my point is that they 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 to me are like the classic NFL team that just gets up for the big games and kind of slow uh, uh, like sleepwalks through the through the not as competitive games. Which is why, given that we had a regular season that was historic in terms of teams not giving a shit and players not giving a shit, mm-hmm. like like I feel like we have no idea how good they actually are. Like they, like the playoffs are almost going to be a way to judge it, like how historic this team is. So right now I feel like I, right. and it's not, not even trying to be a cop out. I just don't feel like I can comment on it. Cause I have like, I have no idea. Like you could tell me that the box series who, as me and you have both said, I think the winner of this series will win the, will win the title. You could tell me that they look the most down, play the Sixers or the Hawks. They maybe don't get as up. For, and then if they play the Suns or the Clippers, they also don't get as much up for them for whatever reason. Like I, but if you know what I mean, so they but they don't have as much the when when the Heat went on the historic twenty six or whatever it was game win streak, like they were getting up for everybody because they were trying to make history and stuff like that. This Nets team, I think, is confident in how good they can be, but wasn't on some overall mission. Yeah, I mean, to take a step back, I, I think we underrate how good the Celtics are. We we completely turned that franchise inside out with that with with how badly we beat them and um and uh now we're we're playing a bucks team who has our full attention i i i think kevin durant was on some like all right they're not gonna beat us i really like this kid jason tatum i don't want to destroy his (laughs) i don't want to destroy his confidence his future or, or whatever but you know the Nets aren't really playing when Kyrie is trying stuff. Right. I'll take you back to when um, 
when they did the podcast together early in the season and Kyrie was trying to conceptualize himself as a power forward. He was like, I'm I'm really a, a 6'10 power forward in my mind. And Kevin Durant was like, I don't see how that helps our team <laughs> if, you, if you, you playing in the post. But sometimes he does it. Sometimes he tries moves where you know you he didn't do that in practice and, and he was just trying to like and they're just doing stuff. And so the Boston Boston got one. Um, you know, that game we were behind almost the whole game. We were coming back at the end. If if we could have got two stops, we win that game. And um and so I don't really wanna like use the Boston as series as a primer for, for the Bucks series. What the Bucks series is telling me is when this team is locked in and focused, uh, nobody can beat them. We we have a, a living superhero on our team. His name is Kevin Durant. They uh, a great quote from one of these sports shows, which I literally went to 2K and tried it. You cannot make Kevin Durant on 2K. You cannot start with a player and make him Kevin Durant. Uh, on 2K because you can't get somebody that's seven foot, that's a that's 90 plus from three as well, and um, uh, handles like a guard. You can't you can't if in create a prayer you can't make him. So we have that guy, and we happen to have some other good guys uh, uh, as well. It tell me, how do you see Nash? Like the importance of Nash in deploying all these guys. Yeah, I think he's. I, I mean, I do think he's the one of the unsung heroes. I mean, look, I, you said this on Twitter, and I think it's totally true. If if they win, um, if they win the title, I think me and you need to do a two-hour podcast going over every single move that Sean Marks has made since. I think I think he took the job on February eighth, twenty sixteen, and I think the lack of attention he's gotten. When there have been podcasts dedicated to like Danny Ainge, Daryl Morey, and all those guys, like is crazy. So that 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 podcast will definitely be in the works. But I mean, I think I, I think Nash does a really good job of understanding when to put in certain guys and just and and knowing, I guess, uh, what they're feeling and what they need. So, like for example, in, in Game One, Shamet missed a couple of shots. And he kind of quickly took him out because I think, as we know, like the Shamit thing can be a little bit of a mental case. And then, mm-hmm. but then, but then he comes in and then he's used a little bit more um, slashing, and he obviously had that huge dunk. And then yesterday he came in and was making his shots, and it was and it, or uh, two days ago, and he was making his shots, and it was and it was awesome. And you know, I, I the thing I've been most impressed by, and I don't know if this is coaching or or if it's um or if it's uh, the the players knowing this. The psyche that they've that they've kind of been using on Giannis to me is like unbelievable. Like they're standing away from him just enough to make him think about shooting, yet not far away enough that he thinks he can gain any momentum in terms of going at them. And if, if you notice, they like they move their feet in and they move their feet out. They're like to me, they're totally tempting him and making Giannis think. And it's not to say that. Like I, I'm sure Giannis is an incredibly smart basketball player, but when you're dealing at this level with a Nets team that I think is insanely bright, like 
I think the Nets are really making Giannis think, and Giannis isn't best when he's when he's thinking like that. Like he's not as cerebral of a player. Like he's this, more of a get me in the, transition. Yeah, this was a great segue because um, the thing that the thing that um, the Nets do is something that we've all kind of complained about. I, I've never been mad at the switching, but I always felt like you can have other things up your sleeve, like try other things. And the Nets basically devised this switching defense, and it's working against the Bucks. It wasn't working great against uh, great against um, uh, uh, Boston, but it's like it's really putting um, Giannis in a precarious position because everyone's defending on the perimeter, and that's where he wants to start his at offense. He wants to he wants to catch it on three point line on you know one of the corners, uh, not not the corners, but uh, 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 you know one of the diagonal pathways to the basket, and and he either wants to you know. Uh, uh, Take you if you if you're gonna zone him, they're they're gonna he's gonna shoot over it with with that unpredictable uh, jump shot of his. But most of the time, the option is I'm just gonna dribble drive, be seven foot, be have my wick span, and just be stronger and dunk on you. And none and none of that is working. They're defending him on the perimeter. They're putting they're they're daring him to dribble, and you have to give Nash credit because. He he out coached. I mean, he also had the talent, but he out coached uh, Stevenson. Um, I'm serious, Steve Brad Stevens. And then right now he's out coaching but- Buttonholzer too. And and the most important thing, and I I I, want, I really want to uh, hear you respond to to this take. The the thing that we're missing when we talk about Nash is where we should start. We shouldn't start by saying, oh, he's a former MVP, NBA legend that just got, got the job. We should look at him like, oh, who else was Kyrie Irving going to listen to? Who else was going to have an intellectual conversation about basketball that um, that Kevin Durant would be engaged with? I I heard a funny story and disclaimer. I swear this is important to what we're saying in terms of figuring out what KD's um uh, uh how KD's mind works. Uh, so allegedly, major allegedly, <laughs> KD went out on a date with a young lady who is of the ilk that performs sexual acts for a job. Oh yeah, I heard about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they go out on a date. She asks KD questions like, "All right, what's your top five? What, do you, what what's your favorite this? Or what's your what color do you like? Or what you know? What's your favorite restaurant in New York?" And KD told her, "Nothing is my favorite. I don't care about anything." And <laughs> the person who was recounting the story put up a tweet. Where KD said something to the the said something about I hate small talk, and a guy like Kevin Durant, you don't want to get a coach who's gonna make him 
like not want to engage. But when you look look at how interesting Steve Nash is, who else could you have gotten to express a game plan that he was going to listen to besides the guy who Kevin Durant himself sought after to cure some things or to improve on some things in his game. I I just don't think there could have been a better hire than, than Steve Nash for, for other reasons than that. But I, I want you to respond to that. No, I mean, I think you're, I think you're totally, I actually think that's a great point. And it was something that was ta- that I think we talked about last summer, but hasn't really gotten as much talk recently is like, there's something to just like having a dude like Nash who is as self-confident and chill and it's, it seems like relatable at the same time and obviously had a bunch of um, teams specifically in Phoenix that had a lot of different personalities and knew how to navigate it and was like a couple of calls here and there away from like probably being a, uh, a champion and, and yeah, I mean, look, you are right. Like, this is the type of thing where if you play the season out 10 times, but with different coaches each time, like, a lot of times it probably becomes a disaster because, you know, you just have, like, a lot of different head screaming. And it's, like, for right now, at least, it's clear that, like, and I'm, I'm knocking on wood, like, it's clear that they have some type of chemistry and there's, there is this higher level of basketball slash curiosity slash respect that that uh that is going on there and yeah, in the in the in the basketball conversation it can't be a static one it can't be one it can't it can't be one that's not where new ideas aren't accepted it can't be one where your spirituality can't be a part of it you you can't put Tom Thibodeau in that job like they Kevin Durant might be fighting Tom Thibodeau by the end of the year Kyrie Irving might just be like, you know what? I don't feel like playing basketball for Tom Thibodeau ever again. Like that that type of guy, great coach, didn't deserve to win coach of the year. That should have gone to Monty Williams, and I think that everyone's embarrassed for their vote right now. Um, um, you know, but the Nick bias in the media is a real thing. The you, you can't say anyone else is is executive of the year besides Sean Marks. There's no question about that. And uh, the hire of um, Steve Nash was shrewder than, than, than what we say, even from the perspective of there's this thing that Dan Tony does. I don't know how he does it. You, and I think I've told you this before. I realized that when he was the Knicks coach, he made players that were that sucked, that would go other places like the Nets and get there and suck. There's something about the way they play D'Antoni ball. There's an energy in the basketball. And when and that energy, you're seeing it in the playoffs. The ball just goes in. Uh, whether it be, you know, Jeff Green, Blake Griffin, uh, White Iverson, um, excuse me, Tyler Johnson. All those dudes <laughs> are hitting threes and... I, I'm telling you, it has something to do with the uh, uh, Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, uh, seven seconds or less witchcraft. And to go and and to go full circle back to back to the Bucks. I mean, the reason why what you're saying about the offense is so important is because the Bucks the Bucks offense comes from its defense, and when you devastate the Bucks defense with the way with what the Nets are doing on offense, then they 
constantly playing mm-hmm. in the half court. And when you when you watch all those Giannis highlights from MVP seasons and when they're doing like the the montage of how the Bucks ended up being the three seed and Drew Holiday and Middleton and Connaughton, whoever you want to say, a lot of those clips are them in the fast break running because they probably got a stop and then they pushed it. And when the and when Mike James and Joe Harris and Landry Shaman on top of the Nets big time guys like obviously Duran and Kyrie and them are making bat are making shots and making both easy and difficult shots. The Bucks are like are just not a great half court team. That's not the way that they're destined to uh to score. Yep. And and here's the last part of this, and I'll leave this coaching comparison alone. Buttonholzer has a lot of Mike D'Antoni influence in his in the offense they run. They're very pa- they're very um they're they're very pacey, they're very spacey as as well. And you would think they did a pretty good job of surrounding jump shooters, surrounding Giannis with jump shooters. I, they, it, there's nothing wrong with that team. The fact that we're cracking that team right now has more to do with us than it has to do with them. On a, in a regular year, they're yep. they're a guaranteed Eastern Conference um, Finals team, and they'll probably go to seven if not go to go to the finals. The problem with all of that is, I feel like there it's. The, the offense they run in Milwaukee is the offense we're practicing against that we're that we're running the the uh, uh, the switching defense against and we know it really well and 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 you can't out Dan Tony Dan Tony so I I mean and of course uh, Bud Holster system has a lot of nuance to it it's different it's not the same as Dan Tony's but there, there, there are some principles that are the same, and it's just it's like an open book to the Nets right now. Uh, Sam, do you think they win two games? And and is there any chance of them winning two games? I mean, I should be. I mean, I should be disqualified from uh, predicting after thinking the Bucks <laughs> were going to get game two, and I was clearly like fifty something points off on the. <laughs> I said it too, though. I said it. I, I, I was right there with you. I was like, I thought that we would we would take both of them in in um in Milwaukee, but um, I I, I thought they would sneak one past I mean, us. I think. I mean, here's the here's the thing with like, I actually think what we talked about at the top of this pod almost kind of is, is what makes predicting and if you're in the betting game, betting the Nets insanely hard is like so hard. Like, 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 like you just have no, you have no idea if they're going to come out flat, if they're going to come out like they've already won this thing, if they're going to like, you know, like that Celtics game where I felt like Nash coached a bad game on Tatum and like, I thought they looked slow and they didn't look that interested. Like th- that's like something you can't like, I, you know, it, it, it's hard as a fan to predict that they're going to come out that way. But look, if they, if they settle for bad shots and they're hot dogging the ball and all that crap, like then the Bucks are going to get easy transition points and the Bucks will will get into their offense, which is why I just have, like, at this point it, it, I would feel dumb to bet against the Nets, but I also think, like, I could easily see a game where they're playing sloppily and, and, you, and the Bucks stay in it and you get the home crowd and home calls and KD or whoever gets into uh, – gets into foul trouble, whoever it is, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think all of that is on the table. That, that's, that's what I was, that was my next question um, uh, coming for you was like, all right, so it's game three. What can go wrong? Yeah. I mean, like, I think I, I mean, 
as you said, I mean, you said it well. You basically said what's going on with the Bucks right now is not a is not a Bucks problem. It's more of just the Nets being like great. Like right. I think the Bucks basically, I think the Bucks get back into this into Game Three and the series by the Nets basically being their own worst enemy, which is what we've said the whole year. Like when the Nets clamp down on D, they're an above average defensive team. And when they don't, they're the worst because it's all because defense is all <laughs> and rebounding is all effort. Like, but they play they play pretty good defense if you ask me. I don't I don't um I don't uh, uh I don't even have a bad word to speak about their defense. Like, oh no, no no no, I agree. That's I'm saying like if they just get I'm saying if they just get complacent and they look like how they looked in um in that terrible game uh, who was it against against like Charlotte or something like that then like uh, months ago. Then I think anything's on the table, and but a lot of that is just is just effort. The good thing the Nets have going for them, I think, is they have a lot of guys on the bench who really look like they want to like knock some heads, like 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 Blake, <laughs> like Blake and Mike James and all those guys like do not look like they're looking to take their foot off the off the gas. Like no, you these, know, the, these guys are out for fame. Um, yeah, you know that 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 was a saying, you know, back in the. Um, graffiti and breakdancing days that cats used to say that when when people were really trying to go for it you know that dude is out for fame and and these guys have an amazing opportunity not just to be on an all-time you know a, a great team that wins the that so happens to win the championship like that cheap championship in the bubble last year but this is a, a team that can really just tip the first domino of 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 being an all-time great team, like being a team that when they show up in other towns, you know, crowds are at the airport. Right. They could be that. Oh, right. they, they could be that, and, and and they may never be a superstar, right? I, I think Bruce Brown is going to be a player that plays in this league for years and years and years. He could turn into, like, Andre Iguodala light type of, type of thing, uh, make – hundreds of millions of dollars but it all depends on what happens <laughs> this year if 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 they win it all it changes everybody's life uh uh and let not me that ask they you. didn't have life great lives before but it changes everybody's life i'm curious let me let me ask you a quick question because you you've had more time around like agents and knowing like the gossip with like with players and and celebs whatever it is if is is Blake Griffin thinking in his head right now like shit I, I was in basketball Siberia and Detroit he's like I'm playing at the top of my game before I went to Detroit I was dating a Kardashian and all that stuff I have this cool comedy thing on the side if I win a title while being the fourth best player on a team in New York like I'm I'm going back to being like an A an A list NBA guy all over again. Absolutely. He yeah. it, it we were talking about whether or not Brook re signs with the Nets. Where is he going to go? They you win a championship, you keep you keep living off of the little money that the Nets um send you and you just pocket you just bank that the money that you're about to get next year from Detroit and and you go on with your life and when you win a championship it is a different situation when you win a championship look at Clyde look at Clyde Frazier people still going packing 
clods wine and dine for a championship that happened, you know, before I was born. Like, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't make sense, but at the same time, you could write your history as a person. Yeah, Durant is going to get the statue on, on um, Atlantic Avenue, and Kyrie might get the other one on, on, on Flatbush. But you could be a part of all-time legend teams and that doesn't matter if you were part of the 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 96 Bulls you're still a part of the 96 Bulls whether you were Craig Hodges or Steve Kerr or whatever you could make history that that's, that's what's up for grabs for and so Blake is not Blake is coming back next year and I think Blake is going to make himself his present felt uh, you could see like when he dunked it on on Giannis the other night and looked back at him <laughs> like Giannis made a good business decision. He was like, "All right, let me just put my arm down, turn away, and not take you know, not get mozgobbed right quick." But these are legendary moments, and you get to be you, you're not getting that if you go play for I don't know the Knicks to finish out your career. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> So, all right, Sam. All seriousness now. Uh, if they're gonna beat us one game, which game are they gonna beat us? Um, it's a good question. If they're gonna beat us one game, I would probably say it's four, because I don't think I don't see a sweep. Um. So I think I could see them going up 3-0, taking the foot off the gas, and then they come back to uh, Barclays. I think if it's going to be one, I you, it's so crazy because I predicted the gentleman sweep because I thought my original sweep um, prediction was too audacious. Now now I'm having all kinds of doubts on, in, in myself, even though I've been talking sweep since before the series. Look. If they don't win this third game, they're not going to play the fourth game. If if it's not they don't even have to be trounced. They don't even have to be beat down. If if they win 107-106, it's they the psyche of the Bucks is finished. They it's it's not because they can't do it, but look in Giannis's eyes when he talks about Kevin Durant. He's talking about his hero. He's talking about someone he looked at and said, wow, I'm seven feet, I'm tall, I'm skinny. Can I be great like that guy one day? Now he's turned into the Incredible Hulk and he's, you know, super muscular and bigger and a completely different monster than what Kevin Durant is. But the respect still remains. You know, it's like he, it's like when you, when I hear my son talking about me after, um, I, I kill him in a basketball game. He's telling his mom. He's like, you know, I just got to figure out how to shoot over him. <laughs> I, I hate him. <laughs> Talk about his dad now. I hate him. He seeks all kinds of cheap defenses against me. He crowds me. I, mom, I'm going to beat him. And that's how Giannis sounds. Like, I hate I hate KD. Like, like Randall's, uh, Julius Randall's uh, son. I hate those. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I'm sorry. I feel so, like such a bad parent and adult and responsible human part of our society. But I laugh every time when I see that video. I hate those. You goddamn right you hate those. <laughs> Talk to me, Sam. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I gotta, I, all right, I, I have one last question for you. Do you definitely want, do you definitely want, um, it, do, would you rather face Atlanta than Philly? Okay, so that's getting ahead of ourselves. Um, just, no, yeah, that's why, like, just go but, reaction, not trying to jinx anything. Right the answer now, is very, very easy. There's only one answer. And one answer at all. I want the Nets to be the three teams that they said would always be above us and better than us. The Celtics, the Bucks, and the Sixers. The Sixers with their scheme and, and everything that they did the, the, to, to uh, trust the process. I, I want to demolish them too. I, I don't think I'd be happy if they if we beat them in six. I'd be happy. I'd be thrilled. But I want to beat them in five, at at least I, at the most. And I want I want to demoralize the Bucks. I want to put in motion this playoff series, uh, an era where NBA GMs are basically going. Kyrie has what maybe three years at this level, and KD got a strong two. Let's just set ourselves up to be signing free agents in 2025. (laughs) We're not beating these two dudes, so everything else that we're doing would be a waste of time. Let's tank a couple years. Let's accumulate some talent. Let's get below the um, let's get below the uh the 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 tax apron, and uh, mind our business. There's a lot of teams that are thinking like that right now, and and more of them will think like that if we prove. To be the goods, because not only are we slapping these teams right now, not only are we discombobulating the 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 Bucks, but Sam, my friend, we we're we're doing it without Kev, we're doing it without James Harden. I know it's insane. A two-time MVP at the peak of his powers. <laughs> so actually insane. It it really is, and so I I want I want the Sixers. I I I want to um. I want to I want Ben Simmons to come to find out why, uh, uh, that that Jenner girl liked Blake Griffin better. I I want him to come to understand that, <laughs> and I want to see it happen on on no, the floor. By the, way, the, the, the Nets the Nets won by so much in Game Two that there were legitimate conversations in big time like basketball podcast circles like the low post and all all different all different ones being like well this is why i had my 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 thoughts about why the harden trade wasn't necessary they should have lavert and allen on this team and we haven't heard about that stuff forever right right no we want i'm i'm very happy with james harden i hope to see him at the strip club this weekend um well <laughs> after the games is over after the sweep is over i would like to celebrate with him in Dykeman. If you're listening to this podcast, James, this is me. Um, I'm the Eve part of the podcast. I would it, I would like to be the Make-A-Wish Foundation child that gets to go to the strip club with you. 
if it's please send all inquiries about that at to the at the front off and um one of us will respond <laughs> you you go into the strip club with with, with um james <laughs> Sam? i mean i'll i would go i would go wherever reggie perry asked me to go you know what i'm that's a night that's a hell of a night at love and lust with um with reggie perry i mean he looks so he's so big and muscular that the, you know the strippers don't know the players. They don't know them. They if they Perry, mistake them all the time. I tell them I'm a retired so player all the time. If Perry and Chioza <laughs> invited me out, I'm going. I'm, go, I'm going wherever wherever they go. Yeah, I'm not going with Chioza. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, Sam, any last points before we take off? Oh, that's it. I'm pumped for tomorrow night. Uh, big game. My guy. It is uh, been a pleasure. Let's see if it all everything holds together. We don't. We'll be singing the same tune when they get back from Milwaukee. To all the Nets fans, everybody. I'm at Eve Dark Blues. Listen, my partner at Samuel Lachow. We'll be back after the next drink. Let everybody. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.